Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Wednesday morning. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churnin' Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with the trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo. Over in Tupelo, it would be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Ingemar. Yes, that would be a little weird. Nobody. Home of the Falcons. That's right. Right. A basketball dynasty. There was a sport. I wasn't sure which one it was that I know like every year they're in it. They are. I mean, if you ever gone to their gym like mm-hmm. and going to a game up there, it's like stepping into the state of Indiana. Yeah, like it's not it's not Mississippi. You, you've gone to a different state. You've gone back to Hickory High School and uh, Hoosiers. I mean, that's that's what it feels like. But there's a lot of places in North. We've talked about that before. There's a lot of places in North Mississippi like that. Yeah, I'm sure they would still enjoy a good Strangeburg Coffee House though if they had one there in Brungamore. Yes. There you go. Wherever you are in our great state, you want to enjoy some Strange Brew Coffee each and every morning. It's really simple. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order it to be shipped right to your door. Whatever kind of coffee machine sits on your front counter, they got you covered at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise you're looking for. We're just a few days from Father's Day. Hope you've already taken care of this. But if you haven't, you got to do some last-minute shopping. Head to one of their two locations in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet or Flowood by the Half Shell. You can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. You then you just show dad a picture. Be like, we order this. It'll be here. Just just give it a minute. Most 99.9% of dads are just like, oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. Whenever it gets here. We're all pretty laid back. Yes. Now that, that 0.1% though, I, I'm sorry. Unless it's like, uh, you know, a grill. Uh, hurry up, get that grill here. Well, I mean, you know, if if I if I on Father's Day, my wife was like, and my kids were like, "Hey, we got you this grill, but they're shipping it, and it's just not here yet." I would be like, "Okay, yeah." Well, as I'm long not as cooking you... on Father's Day anyway. <clears throat> See, right now, I don't have a grill. Oh yeah, since we moved, so like I would be a little anxious. I, I I'd be ready to get that in. I hear you. I hear you. I, got, I was trying to segue from the grill to the co- I can't make it work. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. So just go shop at College Corner. Get your dad some really cool Mississippi State stuff. Do they sell Traegers at College Corner with maybe a state script on the uh, top of the grill? No, no. I want the state script in the grill itself, so I can just put a brisket down, and that and thing, it, it grills it, it into it, it. Grills it into it exactly. I like it. I like it. That that would be a great idea. They do. If, they do sell a lot of cool grill accessories at College Corner. You know, yes. the MSU uh, branded stuff. So, yeah, check it out. Uh, restaurant Tyler, Starville's finest restaurant. Great for lunch, great for dinner. And of course, great 
for Sunday brunch. If you're taking dad out for brunch, which again, a lot, but that's fine. But take him out and take him to restaurant Tyler. Tell him to get the Mississippi biscuit. That's as dad a breakfast as you can ever have. It's delicious and it's great. And everything else on the menu is as well. So whatever you like to do on Sunday, if you're going to treat dad, treat him to brunch at restaurant Tyler. 16 Priority One Bank locations throughout central Mississippi here to serve you. Go to PriorityOneBank.com to find the location nearest you and open an account and start building a great relationship with your local bank that's going to pay off dividends in the future. When you're looking ahead to the future, when you're thinking, okay, we've got to talk about maybe getting a loan for a car, for a, for a new house, something like that, you don't want to deal with a corporate bank. You don't want to have to deal with people you've never met. You want to talk to your friends at your local bank, and that's what Priority One Bank, that's the kind of relationship they want to have with you. So go see them today at Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. It is Rumblings Day here on the podcast, which means we're going to jump right into some, some questions. Congrats to Colton Watson, back on top, our first one. But I'm going to say some, Colton, I'm just trying to help you. I'm just trying to help you, Colton. But your second question, man, I, I come on. Do you, do you really think I'm going to an- answer that question? No, I'm not. It can I, why, why, why would, why would, you see it? You see it there? What, what are you doing? Like, Sometimes I just like, I feel like listeners are like, some people like want to get me in trouble. Like there was a guy one time I tweeted something from College Corner. I'll give you guys a little heads up here. I do a, an affiliate thing with College Corner where I tweet their, their merchandise. And if you purchase off the link that I tweet out, I get a small percentage of that. Right. So it's great. So I tweet out this link and somebody like quote tweeted it and tagged the rogue. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Are you, are you trying to get me in trouble? Like, uh, so, I mean, come on, Colton, tighten up. I'll get your other two questions, though. My summer job is at Louisville Medical Clinic. Robbie, what are the must-sees and must-dos in Louisville, Mississippi? Give him a couple of good places to go. I mean, there's not a whole lot of entertainment that you can take in. I mean, a small-town Mississippi, but good restaurant. I, I do encourage you to go to Market Cafe mm-hmm. um, to check out uh, their lunch or dinner items. Of course, late Tikata, you can never go wrong there. K and J diner downtown. Excellent. Um, I was there the other day, had some, uh, honey gold wings. If you like soul food, I mean, the menu is, is quite expansive, mm-hmm. but if you like soul food and stuff like that, that's the place to go. Market cafe for a good, um, lunch, uh, and they have good supper there too. And then Lake Tecada, the buffet there is outstanding. They have great steaks. They have the dessert is unbelievable. They have homemade pies. Really good food in Louisville. So yeah. I would say go check out those three spots, and you can kind of bounce around. Since you're going to be working there for the summer, go, go try them all out. Yeah, sounds good. Also from Colton, where does the 2024 in-state recruiting class stack up with 2015, 16, 19, and other great classes of years past? I mean, it's obvious you have to wait, right? It, I, Dan Mullen was absolutely correct. you got to judge these things four or five years down the road, right? Because you look at 2015, not really a great class when, when you really look at it, right? I mean, the top guys in that class were Jamal Peters, Leo Lewis, uh, Fletcher Adams, Malik Deer, uh, Vaughn Patterson. It was overrated. overrated. 16, you got what? Three bona fide NFL studs from that class. You got Jeff Simmons, you have A.J. Brown, and you have D.K. Metcalf. I think the fourth guy in that group was Benito Jones, who 
I mean, he was a four-year starter for Ole Miss, and he, I make mean, I think he made it up as a free agent deal. So I mean, that's, yeah, I thought he was really good in, in college for the most part. Yeah, for the most part, he was, he was okay. You know, nineteen. Nicobe Dean's already in the NFL. Uh, Charles Cross is already in the NFL. Uh, Byron Young will be in the NFL next year, I believe, for the Alabama defensive line. Or is he already there? Um, the, I think he he's back. Just got drafted. I think he just got drafted. All right, let me let me double check. Because there's there's a Byron Young for Alabama, and there's a Byron Young for Tennessee. Let's see. Here. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure Byron Young got drafted. Yes, he got drafted by the Raiders. Okay, so then there you go. He's in the like NFL, second or third round. He was the the number seventy pick. So yeah, third round. So I mean, yeah, I mean he he's doing really well. So yeah, I mean the 19 class has got some guys in it. So a 16 class was pretty good. Really good. I mean, yeah. When you, that's the you know that's just me giving you the top guys. If you look at the uh, overall, you know, if you go down the list a little bit, there's going to be some some big time players there. Uh, and so we already mentioned uh, Raquan Davis. Yeah, we well, second, got Raquan second Davis. Pick. Raquan Davis. Marquis Spencer was drafted. Uh, just going down the list a little bit here. Anybody else stand out to me here? Greg Island played in the NFL. He was the number 22 player that year. This is a 16 class again. Kobe Jones had a really good college career. He's still career. bouncing. I think he's on yeah. some practice squads. Darian Parker was a three-year starter for Mississippi State. Jack Abraham had a good run at Southern Miss. Um, Among other places. I mean, yeah, but Southern Miss is where he had his, his, best, his best. Is there anybody way down the list here? Nah, nobody else really stands out. Look at it. I love doing this stuff, by the way, in case you can't. 17, one and two, Cam Akers, Willie Gay. Pretty good, right? The 2015 class. So Patterson, solid college player. Peters was an okay college player. Leo Lewis was a good college player. Fletcher Adams didn't do much. Malik Deer, I mean, we're being honest, didn't do much. Armani Linton didn't do anything. Tommy Champion, eh. Willie Hibbler never did anything. Tim Washington was, what, a starter for one year. I mean, this you got to go down the list here. Cabe Campbell had to leave football. He had an injury. Chris Stamps never did anything. Dante Jones never really did anything. Keith Joseph obviously tragically passed away. Jay Johnson didn't do Matt Womack at 15 might have had the best college career. He was, what, a two-year starter for Alabama and won a national title. you got to go down to 19 to find a, a guy who was a, a high draft pick, and that's Jonathan Abram, and he had to go to junior college. So that 15 class that so we were all very hyped about, kind of kind of overrated you know, when you, when you get down to it. All right, let's move on. Uh, Hale State Muse wants any update on Rufus Harvey. I don't know that there's ever going to be a real update on him. You just look up this year when we get to football and he's not playing. Yeah, um, I don't even know if it's been like formally yeah. discussed really, but basically Rufus Harvey has some kind of condition that he's been advised to not play. Uh, and Mississippi State has been told he does not need to play. And for Mississippi State, it's a very difficult situation because, you know, if you do play him, then you have the legality of it all. Of If he does get injured and it's a very serious injury, then you're in a lot of trouble. So from what I understand, Mississippi State is, you know, vehemently against playing him. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen with Rufus. I don't know if he's going to – give up football, try to go somewhere else that might allow him to play. I don't know. But right now, I don't anticipate him playing football, Yeah, at, especially at Mississippi State. There you go. And uh, I, 
I pray for the best for him. I hope that, you know, he's okay. He's, he's not, his life isn't in danger. He's not sick, hurt or anything right now. It's just, there's a condition that he has and I don't know the specifics of it. So I don't want to go into it, but if he, if, if something were to happen to him, he's a, he's a high risk right. uh, playing football. So uh, like I said, he's okay. He's walking around. He's going to school and all that stuff. But this is a this is a guy who has devoted his whole life to football. I mean, his whole identity in a lot of ways for a lot of these guys is football. That's all a lot of these players know. They've been playing it since they were in Pee Wee, and they've you know they've given their all to it. So it's really a heartbreaking thing. And knowing Rufus and know how hard he, how hard he has worked in his career from Starkville High School all the way up, a, a guy that's been called undersized and said he's not big enough to play in the SEC. He fulfilled his dream of playing in the SEC. It's tough to see this, and I hope something happens that, you know, kind of negates all of this other stuff and he's allowed to play and he's not at risk and all that stuff. I pray that that happens. But as of right now, everything that I understand is that he's not going to be allowed to play at Mississippi State. All right. Ford Polk says, did you know – so not really a question here, Robbie. More of a question for us to answer. Or, or we, you know, you see what I'm saying. Mississippi State baseball only lost one game in its first 10 years of existence. Only 29 games played. Well, there you go. Did you know and in the last two years they've only won 18 SEC games total? So, well, not great. Well, I did. I, I did know that, but yeah. yeah. Didn't know the first one, though. Rank these villainous TV characters. Tony Soprano, Walter White, Gus Fring, J.R. Ewing, Joffrey Baratheon, Ramsey Bolton. So here's the deal, right? The first four <clears throat> are villains we kind of cheered for. Maybe not Gus Fring because he was working. Anti-heroes. Anti Anti-heroes. And then you have Joffrey and, and Ramsey. I would rank Ramsey. I, 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 hate, I hate Joffrey more. Okay, I hate Ramsey more, I think. I mean, I'm not a fan of Ramsey either. No, neither one of them are good people. But uh, Joffrey just had that. I just wanted to punch him in the face every time I saw his face. When, when Joffrey died. Ramsey was like that too, but Jeff, yeah. Joffrey was more. I thought Ramsey's death was more satisfying than Joffrey's. Yeah. So, so I would rank those two. Well, like, Joffrey two. was dead. Joffrey was dead in, in a matter of what ten seconds. Yes. I mean, he he like suffered he for just he suffered a little bit. It looked like he suffered was, a little bit. Relatively quick. Ramsey was eaten alive by his own dogs. That's that's a good that's a good. That way was that was an incredible the 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 deaths that they had in that. I'm like, these are some sick people. George R. R. Martin Martin is a sick person. Yeah, he's he he really I, is. I wish he was a harder worker. They could finish his books, but anyway. <laughs> uh, and then I'm going to go like Fring is probably third because we were sort of cheering against him, but I, at the same time, I loved him. Yeah, I love the idea that this guy lived two lives that everybody thought he was this normal fried chicken restaurant owner. What a character! I mean, just incredible. And Giancarlo, Giancarlo uh, Esposito, great actor. Yes, and I'm going to go J.R. Ewing. Love J.R. But I mean, he was kind of harmless at the end of the day. He wasn't out killing people. He was just you know going around sleeping with other guys' wives and stealing their businesses. That's that's not that bad. And then I'm going to go Walter White and Tony Soprano. So Soprano is the least villainous. So it depends on how you think of this. Mm -hmm. I mean, Tony was kind of a villain. Yes. I mean, he was a criminal. 
They killed people. Mm -hmm. He cheated on his wife. He did. You know, it, he was a villain. Okay. So do you, do you say the most, who, who are these people that you hate the most? Or who are the people that are the biggest villains? So, who are the people that are doing the worst? You got to look at Walter White. I mean, sort of say, Walter, at least he didn't cheat on his wife. He was, he was a family man through and through. But he did run a multi-million-dollar you know, drug enterprise. He had plenty of people killed. And not to mention the drugs that he sold would have killed people as well. He killed people himself. He killed Crazy Eight. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's close. I just like Tony better. Maybe because I'm a big fat guy myself. You know, <laughs> I breathe heavily at times. You know, I loved I loved his shirt selection. So maybe maybe that's just just a personal thing. I'm I'm going soprano last. I love Tony. All right, Taylor Ball. If Leach had still was still around, would Woody Marks have been the all time SEC leader in catches? He only needs 82 to get the record. His catches dropped off a good bit last year. I don't know that he would have gotten 82 catches this year. Yeah, no, it would be. It'd be difficult. Is it eighty-two? Is he eighty-two away from the SEC record? Oh, SEC record. Okay. Yeah. Now for no, he, State, he's like forty away, and I think he'll get that. He'll be close to that. Yeah. He could he get top ten status in the SEC? I would think so. So let, let me let me see. Yeah. Look look it up. Let's see. Right. See, see what that SEC record is. That it still kind of blows my mind that a running back. This is yards. I don't want yards. I want receptions. There we go. Go. All right, so the all-time leading receiver in the SEC. Oh, this is single season. I don't want single season. Marks has 188 receptions Yeah, in his career. Okay, here we go. So Marks is at 188. He's in uh, – where is he? This doesn't list him. Oh, there he is. Okay, you know, he's at one ninety-one. Is what it says. Is okay, what, so what I'm looking at. He's he's at nine stats left him out one. If he okay. gets, let's say he gets thirty receptions this year, that would put him at two twenty-one. That would put him uh, eighth all time. Not bad. Yeah. Are you looking at the uh, the all time leading receptions, guys? Uh, I'm just looking at. You're just looking at states. Marks is. Right. I'm looking at Marks's Don't list. Look. The top two on the list played at the same school. Guess the Vanderbilt. School. You're right. You're correct. Yeah, it was um, Jordan Matthews Earl, and Earl Jordan Bennett. Matthews and Errol Bennett. Yeah, Matthews. The, I, Matthews is way way ahead. He's at two sixty two. I remember looking up the the reason I remember that is I remember looking up the receptions one time like several years ago and thinking it is insane that Vanderbilt of all people yeah has the top two re receivers in SEC history. I misspoke earlier. Marks will easily eclipse Fred Ross. Fred Ross has 199 catches. He only needs yeah. nine catches to catch him, so he'll have that in the and, first. And he's going to have – they're not going to target him nearly as much, but they're going first to two target games, him. two games, he'll some. have nine catches, though, for sure. For sure, because yeah. they'll throw a couple screens to him for games. Yeah. So, uh, let's just, just some of the names that are ahead of Marks on the list right now. Uh, Derek Abney, uh, Chris Collins from Ole Miss, Fred Ross is ahead of him, Laquan Treadwell – uh, Craig Yeast, people remember him. He was probably the first big time air raid receiver. Then you got the Alabama guys, Calvin Ridley, Kentucky, Amari Cooper, the Kentucky guy, Kentucky, yeah, yep. Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, Christian Kirk is fourth. I would not have guessed that. Brian Edwards, 
fourth all-time in receptions. I couldn't tell you a single catch he made. Not one. I have, I have no memory of that guy. And then Devontae, South Carolina. Yeah. Devontae Smith third, and then the two Vandy guys, Bennett and Matthews. So, yeah. interesting. That's, that's, that's an interesting... Where? You think about all the Florida guys, like Jacquez Green, Rodell Anthony, I Killier, none of them are on that list. Where does Woody Marks, when this is all said and done, fall on running backs at Mississippi State? Such an interesting question because... Let's, let's let's take out this year. Don't worry about this year right now, right? Right now, I mean, what is he? He's he's in his career, he's rushed for like maybe a thousand yards total. He has he has over twenty two hundred all purpose yards. Twenty two yeah, all purpose yards. But when and he's, he's not running back, it's just yeah. it's like your brain has trouble wrapping it around that. So if he has a thousand yard year this year, if he gets close to it, he'll be up there. But I mean, am I putting him in the same tier with Dixon, Norwood, Ballard? You know, Mike, you know, Michael Davis, and the, I don't know. I don't know. The thing about Marks is the thing that I think is going to kind of cement him as, you know, top six or seven back mm-hmm. at Mississippi State is he just did his job and moved on. And, you know, yeah. like this is a guy that didn't sign up for this offense, so they were raid. Mm-hmm. He was averaging, you know, four yards a carry in the air raid and getting absolutely punished by defenses. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just kind of was just grinding it out and doing his job. And I think that at the end of the day, people are going to respect that when they look back in Mississippi State history because I think this fan base always rewards hard workers, blue-collar mentality guys, and that's kind of been what he has been. Yeah. So uh, – and – a guy that has over a thousand yards receiving in rushing—that's a big deal. That I don't know how many times that's happened for a running back in Mississippi State. I would venture to say, maybe never. I, I mean, how how many running backs do you think Mississippi State's had that could have a thousand yards receiving? Oh, none. No, it can't Not be even close. Yeah, I haven't researched that, but there, there's no way. Yeah. So he, I mean, he's kind of in, he's kind of in that tier of his own, just like Nick Fitzgerald is the all-time leading yeah. rushing quarterback, Will Rogers. Yeah. You have that, it's that kind guy of right there. Mississippi State is going to have its all-time leading rusher as a quarterback and its all-time leading receiver as a running back. That's just kind of funny to me. But this Yeah. Uh, where are we at here? Willie Dizzle says, do you consider catfish, crawfish, frog legs as seafood even though they're not from the sea, if so, should Belzona re- rebrand itself as the seafood capital of the world? Uh, yeah, anything that's fish, I'm calling it seafood. So if it's if it's catfish or shrimp or, or crawfish, that's that that's seafood as far as I'm concerned. Because what else am yes. I going to call it? Yeah, a lot of people don't. A lot of people do not think that crawfish is seafood, but it is. Got fish it, to me, it is. I mean, if you go to a if you go to some seafood restaurants, mostly Cajun style, mm-hmm. you can get crawfish at Touffet mm-hmm. and things like that. I mean, that's it's seafood. Yeah, I agree. I agree. 901 Stark Dog says, in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, how is it possible that Slugworth could meet the golden ticket finder so quickly? Makes you wonder if the tickets were truly put in random chocolate bars. It's a good question. You know what's funny about this? Hmm. I, I saw this uh, pop up on my feed yesterday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Three minutes after I turned off Willy Wonka, I, that, I introduced. That's some weird I, serendipity there. 
I introduced Natty to Willy Wonka yesterday. Yeah. The first time she sat down and watched the whole thing. And are we talking about the old one or the new one? The old one. Like, so how did she deal with the scene in the uh, in the boat? She just kind of was like, "Is he is he bad? Is he a yeah, mean man?" I was like, "I was like, he's just a little funny, a little weird." Yeah, I said he's just he's laughing. This is I started laughing because it was kind of it was a little uh, traumatizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I imagine. All right, uh, Zach Huzak asks us. Other than Oklahoma, which SEC team is Zach someone most likely to be the next AD for? Everybody's just ready for him to go. Say, so, oh, we hired him. Let's. Where's he going to go next? I think that's the Mississippi State way. It really, isn't is. it? It's it, like every single time. In, where are you going next? Your Hunter Hines hits twenty home runs. Well, he's going to LSU. Yeah, like I, I, I have I no just idea. Don't understand that. Like I don't know. I don't know. Like right now, everybody is kind of good on athletic directors, you know. Now we'll see what happens if Napier ultimately fl- at fl- fails at Florida, but I don't think Florida is going to go back to the Mississippi State well again. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, also from Zach, TCU also made the playoff as a non-blue chip ratio team. That is correct. I missed them making it two years in a row. Who is most likely to be the third this upcoming season? I mean, that's the problem is you can't say most likely. Because they come out of nowhere. Nobody had Cincinnati two years ago. Nobody had TCU last year. So, I mean, you know, whoever, if the Big 12 champion is not Texas or Oklahoma, then you got an opportunity there. Um, You know, the Pac-12 champion is likely to be USC or Oregon. They're already in. Utah might be the answer. An undefeated Utah team would get in with a win over Florida, I would think. So, I don't know. Yeah. It feels uh, like there's always going to be that one guy, I mean, that one team that's just yeah. like, but it's not going to be the same one. Right. It's going to be the one team that pops in, you know, UCF maybe eventually. ratio is about, though, is that you you might have enough to make a one run. You might have enough talent to make one run, but you don't have the consistency, the talent to, con- to, be, to be consistent. That's what yeah. having 75% of your team as blue chips does. Georgia is always going to be there. Alabama is always going to be in the mix. You know, TCU unlikely to be in the mix this year. Uh, yeah, they lost a good bit. And they lost their quarterback. Yeah. Josh asked, who would win in a tag team fight? Chuck Norris and Steven Seagal versus Jean-Claude Van Damme and Jackie Chan. Seagal is a lazy, fat guy at this point. Yeah. I mean, Norris is going to have to. Now, even in their prime, <laughs> Norris is carrying that team. I'm going Chan and Van Damme. Um, I think so too. Yeah, I mean, Van Dam with, and I mean Jackie Chan too. They were actually like really athletic. Mm-hmm. Steven Seagal, I never looked at him like as a you know a superior athlete. Right, John Claude Van Dam looked like he was actually like a In shape. Yeah, yeah, like he could get out there and and you yeah. know play wide receiver. Yeah, and you know he was very. He was very like stretchy, like he was mobile. Like I just, I feel like him and now, Jackie Chan are going to be too quick. Chuck, Chuck Norris is going to make this a fight. But Chuck, Chuck Norris has become a legend. Mm-hmm. It's, but he's I think also that an he, outstanding martial artist. I mind. do believe that, but you know, we've kind of made him out to be. You know, Boy, Chuck, Chuck Norris is watching you at night. Yeah, yeah. He's in, you know, in real life, in a real fight, I'm taking the other two. Okay. Have you seen the the that video of uh, Steven Seagal where he's doing like the 
the exhibition and like guy yeah. like he's like bending their wrist and like guys yeah. are like flipping and stuff. Yeah. That was kind of silly. It, it, it looks very familiar to those of us who enjoy Monday Night Raw. I'll put it that way. <laughs> uh, also from Josh, rank these pizza joints, Pizza Hut, Domino's, Papa John's, Little Caesars. I would personally, in terms of just their pizza, I would go Pizza Hut, Papa John's, Domino's, Little Caesars. I like Papa John's the best, I think. Okay. Um, Little Caesars is last. Yeah. It's it's really cheap but for a reason. It's really cheap, so, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you're going for, like, you know, if you're a college student, mm-hmm. when I was in college, I would go to, to Little Caesars. You can get a large pizza for five bucks. Yeah. And that was an Even amazing now, deal. Even now, if you're like, I want pizza and I don't want to wait, you just pop into Little Caesars. It's ready. Yes. It's like six bucks now. And uh, neither none of these pizzas are bad. They're, no, they're all good. Thing is bad. They're all good. Papa John's. I just I like the I like the the garlic butter. Yeah. I like the fact you get a little jalapeno in there. Mm-hmm. To me, the pizza tastes better. I I just like Papa John's better. So you're going Papa John's. What's two? Papa John's. Uh, Pizza Hut, Domino's, Little Caesars. Okay, so just a little bit of difference. Are you surprised that I went Papa John's second and not first, knowing me? No, because you've been around it enough. Yeah. I feel like your bias would lean a little more negatively than it would. Eh, I just like Pizza and, Hut. And, and you're not better. you're not negative towards Papa John's, but no, I think I'm not. That you're I want to Papa John's all the time, but I like Pizza yeah, Hut. Yeah, like I think a Pizza Hut has more of a selection, would you think? Like yes. there's more things there. Yes, agreed. And you, I mean, they used to have the restaurant, which I mean, some places still do. I, I do miss the the dine in buffet pizza. The hut. buffet was unbelievable, man. So good back in the day. Kids so, just don't know. They don't. They don't. I mean, when you were a kid, going to Pizza Hut was like an event. Mom would give you like a dollar and quarters to go play the Galaga, uh, Miss Pac Man game. You put a couple tunes in the jukebox. You got the the little red plastic glasses. You keep you can go get your free. That was like the first place where I was ever allowed to like go get my own refill of a drink. You could just go do that. And those red cups. And then pizza just kept coming, just kept coming. And then you get a dessert there at the end for dinner for dessert. I mean that 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 is nostalgia. I love it. I always wanted one of those lights, like the the pizza that looks like yeah, stained, the stained glass, glass or whatever. above. Yeah, that was fantastic. I've always wanted one of those, just hanging in my room somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on into the rest of the rumblings. That's going to be brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. We are in the summer, and that means it is grilling season. Nothing beats the sizzle of beef. Of the, nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill. So this weekend or any weekend, if you can put some steaks. I mean, it's Father's Day, man. A lot of dads like to cook on Father's Day. I am not one of them. I am a let, let them cook for me on Father's Day. But if you are a cook for your family on Father's Day kind of guy, if you got a new grill and you want to bust it out, Go big. Go get some big ribeyes. Go get some fillets and throw them on the grill, and everybody's going to be happy, especially you, Dad. Nothing nothing better than cutting into that steak, knowing you cooked it perfectly, and everybody's going to enjoy it. So this weekend and every weekend, when you're firing up the grill, make sure beef is on the menu. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. It's just so good. Every time you, you, you eat there, you're going to be a happy camper. And don't forget, they are a Bulldog Initiative business. That means when you support the, when you treat yourself to two brothers, you're helping Mississippi State Athletics. And that's that's a win-win for everybody. So 
The weather's been great. Well, not today. It's a little rainy today. But for the most part, this summer, we haven't had the blinding heat yet. It's coming. But until it gets here, go sit out on the patio, enjoy a cold beer, and enjoy some great food at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great products and great services is what every business likes to promise you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems, and they have for going on 49 years. Long time. And the only reason you can do that, the only way, is to take care of your customers. That's what they do at Advantage Business Systems, and they have since day one. When you need technology for your business, you give them a call, and then if you do need service, you call them back, and you talk to the same people who made you the sale. No 1-800 number, no call center, no out-of-state technicians to make an appointment with, just Mississippi folks helping you out. The number is 601-362-9192, or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Our friends at The Rogue, I'm telling you guys, Father's Day is coming up. If you present your father with a brand new polo from The Rogue's Collegiate Collection, you might be able to squeeze a tear out of him. I'm just, that's how great these shirts are. Great styles, great name brands, fantastic fitting polos. Oh, and they've got the logos that you want. No more gigantic banner M. It's the state script. It's the M over S. It's the walking bully. It's what you are looking for. And again, this is another Bulldog Initiative business. So when you support Mississippi State, if you want to support Mississippi State, buy a polo from The Rogue. Shop at The Rogue in Jackson or online at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at The Rogue. I mentioned the weather. It is heating up out there. We're getting into June. We're getting into that Mississippi summer. Cool off with a sweet treat from our friends over at Dolce. 509 University Drive, open 7.30 a.m. Uh, Tuesday through Saturday. You know, Great breakfast, great lunch, but if it's just the middle of the day and you want to give yourself a little pick-me-up, you want to get out of this summer heat for a minute, a bowl, a cup, a milkshake, whatever it is, the gelato is fantastic. If you haven't tried it, you need to go see the difference between that and ice cream. It's just tremendous. Head over to 509 University Drive and enjoy a sweet treat at Dolce. All right, Brogan Fairchild, who has the best and worst football press box in the SEC? So I've been everywhere in the West, and I've been to Kentucky in the SEC. You got, you got anything to add to that? Um, I haven't been. I actually have not been to a ton of press boxes. Yeah. Auburn has the worst press box because of where it's located. Where it's located, yeah. I mean, I, it's not just even in the in the middle of the end zone. It's like off. It's off in the corner of the end zone. I've heard that Arkansas is as bad. No, it was fine. Well, when it was cold, wasn't everybody complaining about it's, how there was it like is, no? It can be cold up there because it okay. is an open press box. But I mean, an open press box where you're you're on the sideline, I can't complain too much about that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I've never been to Arkansas. The best one oh. to me is Alabama. They have the best food. No, I take it back. LSU is the best one. They have the best food, and, yes. and your view is good. So, I was a little, I I, didn't, I was a little underwhelmed with LSU's food this year. They put out like hot dogs and like the, the bold hot dogs and hamburgers. Oh, that's no good. That's no good at all. One one great. Yeah, but it's a huge press box. They have, you know, several different um boxes, I guess, inside the press box. Mm-hmm. Uh, really big. You're on the fifth. You're basically on the fifty. So it's a. I mean, it's a good press box. Good location. Yeah. Auburn is Auburn is without a doubt the worst. Yeah, is the worst. This it's not bad amenities inside of it, mm-hmm. although you know not great either. Mm-hmm. But the location being where it is is awful. Yeah, I agree. 
I hope I hope whoever is designing press boxes in the future around the SEC, yeah, make sure they do not follow that. Listen, I don't mind being in the in the end zone, but being in a corner of the end zone is is tough. And then on yeah. top of that, it's not open. I mean, and it is sealed up tight. You can't hear anything. It's not open. You can't see a video board. Yeah, that's the other thing. You can't see the, a video board. And the TVs are above your head. Yeah, you can't you can't look up and see a replay or anything. It's, it's really terrible. Bad. It's really bad. And John Cohen wanted to do that to our media. He wanted to put us in the end zone, which that wouldn't have been as bad because we would have a big video board. But he was wanting to do that, and from what I what I've been told, Zach Selman is not on board with that. So, thank you, Zach. We appreciate you. We appreciate our friend. You. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Next, also from Brogan, uh, what were your favorite cartoons growing up? So, like Saturday morning cartoons, I love the Super Friends, but for a, a young, like eleven to twelve year old guy, staying at his grandmother's during during the day, the 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 afternoon block of GI Joe, Transformers, Thundercats, and Silverhawks was where it was at. It was that on a uh, regular day. That was every Monday through Friday. Nice. Uh, I'm trying to think, you know, my Saturdays at my grandparents was the old, you know, for, I don't, I don't know what I would call them. The, it's what used to come on Cartoon Network, the old cartoons, Saturday morning cartoons with the w- wacky racers and. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I was talking that's, about that. that stuff is what I used to watch at my grandparents in my house every morning. My dad would fix me uh, Jimmy Dean sausage biscuits Ooh. and turn on Scooby Doo at like six a.m. That's a good deal. So I watch I watch Scooby Doo every morning. Um, I'm trying to think what other cartoons. Now I was really big into Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. Whenever and that, those aren't cartoons, but all those Nickelodeon shows: Are You Afraid of the Dark? Pete and Pete. Mm-hmm. Legends of the Hidden Temple, Double Dare, yeah, uh, Salute Your Shorts. Those were your yeah. like that. That was my that was my that era. Yeah. yeah, that you were you were probably in high school at that point. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. Late high school, about to go to college, but that was that was like my my childhood. When I got home on oh, the afternoon after school, I'm turning on that, and from like 3 p.m. until seven or eight, it's that block of shows. That was awesome. Yeah, but there were some good. I mean, there were some solid cartoons during that time. Um, there were Nickelodeon cartoons that my mom didn't want me to watch, like Ren and Stimpy and uh, stuff like that, because it was like what she would call bathroom humor. Like they talk about yes. farts and burps yes, and stuff. Yes, yes. My mom didn't like that. You fat bloated idiot. <laughs> uh, let's see here, Kevin Wright. Is Europa League just the European NIT? That's exactly what it is. 100% the European NIT. Uh, I'm chaperoning camp and in charge of ninth grade boys. Rank these activities. Finding a crush from a different town, staying up all night playing video <laughs> games, or wearing enough axe for a small army. That's going to be last. The People who they, they put on a whole bottle of axe body spray trying to impress folks. We never, I mean, we didn't get a chance to play video games. Yeah. So getting the crush from the, the other town. Crud, oh, man. Everybody had to have one. That every single time I went to a centrifuge mm-hmm. or whatever church camp, mm-hmm. every single time mm-hmm. got a girlfriend. Yeah. And right. I have one that actually we got like 
somewhat serious. Oh. And it was the it was my senior year going. I was finished up my senior year, summer senior year going into college. So I'd already got an apartment in Starkville, everything. And I meet this girl. Um, and I'm just like in love with this girl. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, I found the person that's gonna be my wife after meeting her for three days. Mm-hmm. And I went, I drove to Decatur, Alabama to pick this girl up. She was going to come come home, stay with me for the weekend. I went and picked her up in Decatur, Alabama. I was going to meet her at Sanford, which was where she was going to go to school. And she had not made it to Birmingham yet. So I had to drive to Decatur to get her, which was like maybe an hour or something down the road. So bring her back. You know, we have a good time. We watch, like, we watch, we actually watched Are You Afraid of the Dark? We watched like five episodes of that. Went yeah. to the movies, went out to eat. We went, I took her to Cold Stone Creamery. And, you know, I thought, you know, this is going so well. And the, she was like getting ready. I was going to take her back the next day. And on her phone, I saw a message pop up. And of course, like I could, I couldn't help but look at the screen. Heartbreak. And her friend, she had been texting her friend. And her friend was like, you should just tell him. You should just tell him you don't like him. Oh. And I was like, That's a hard one. Oh, this sucks. So I drove her back home. She never said nothing to me like mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. Held my hand on the way home, everything. I drop her out off at her house. She shuts the door in her house and sends me a message that says, Hey, I just think we need to be friends. Ah, there it is. Well, at least you know. That she was, was my centrifuge girl. She was afraid. Story. She was afraid you're gonna be like. If you told she told you at your house, you're gonna be like, "We well, better call your mom, go pick you up," because <laughs> I'm not doing that. Man, to, but I tell you, outside. I I had my foot on the gas pedal on the way home, coming mm-hmm. down the highway. I was going 90. There you go. You can have one of my buddies was with me. He he rode with me to keep me awake and stuff. Yeah, he was holding on to the <laughs> to the handle. Yo, he was scared handle. to death. Yeah, yeah, he was scared to death. Nice, nice. Yeah, that's my oh. centrifuge story. There you go. Oni Robertson asks us, uh, as a guy in his mid-20s, I was unable to see the Attitude Era live. Sounds like an excuse to me, I'll be totally honest. Uh, I got into it around 2002-2003, so I'm going back to watch now. In the, the 1996 King of the Ring, the place to start, or is there a better jumping-off point? Yeah, that's a good spot. You know, 96? 96. 96 that, all, that's all, kind of the turn. That's Austin yeah. 316, yeah. It first started. It really. What would you. What would you say kicked it off? The, the attitude era. Yeah. Was the, it, it? Was it? Shawn Michaels and Triple H kind of joining forces. It, it, it's. It starts kind of with um, when Stone Cold and Bret Hart do the double turn, and so then you have Bret Hart sort of with Shawn Michaels, and Michaels yeah. isn't really the face, and and Bret Hart isn't the face, and then then you see yeah DX forms, and it goes from there. Shawn Michaels was the European champ, I think. Well, you have the um, match so that where, was where where Bret Hart wrestles the Undertaker, and Shawn hits him with the as the special ref. He hits the Undertaker with a chair by accident, and has yeah. to count Bret Hart as the uh, champion. That's that's really the the the, the sparking point of it. Because then the next thing you have is Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker Hell in the Cell. Yes, and that's the debut of Kane. Kane, yep. And then you had you go into that. Uh, the Survivor Series, and that's where the 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 Montreal Screwjob happens, right? I would definitely say ninety six. That's yeah. the 
mankind gets in there, mm-hmm. you know, Stone Cold, it mm-hmm. really starts to rise to prominence. Yeah. That's probably I would start at King of the Ring and yeah. work your way through. And you if have you the have Rock join the the Nation of Domination in there somewhere, and that's yeah. what begins where he becomes the Rock instead of Rocky Maivia. So that's all yeah, that. No, that was. There's some really good stuff. He does ask, is it important to watch WCW alongside Raw week by week to get the full effect? I would say yeah. Because you want, you know, you want to understand what was going on at the at the on the other side as well. And I mean you're gonna admit there's great stuff in there too. You know. So here's what I did. I would start with Um, Paul showing up on Nitro. That's where I would start. Yeah. So I when I when the WWE network first came out, and I'm I'm just now in two thousand two, I think, two thousand three. Mm-hmm. When the network first came out, I started on Raw, um, and that was 93, I think, when that first started. And then when, when Nitro came in, I started that. And so I did Monday Night Wars. I would watch uh, Raw and then uh, Nitro, mm-hmm. and I would watch it chronologically, watch all the pay-per-views. If you have the time to do that, mm-hmm. do it, because it's, it's really cool to, to watch how the wrestling kind of – I guess grew and went through all these changes and people started going back and forth. It's really cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Brian McDuff is anyone, another wrestling question. Is anyone as bad at timing their ring entrance music as Ricky Starks? He always seems to miss his beats with the fist pumps. I, yes, he's not great at it. It it, it feels like he's a second behind. And you would think a guy from, you know, Louisiana. Yeah, he would would have, would have have a little bit of rhythm or something, but I guess, it missed him as far as uh, that's concerned. Yeah, I, I'm not a big Ricky Starks guy. He he has a lot of potential, but they have just messed him up. Like when he beat Jericho, it should have been like, okay, launch him, and then they sent him into a program with MJF. Like a week after Max won the title, you're like, well, clearly he's not going to beat him. So like, what was the point of that? And now they've got him doing this thing with the Bullet Club that seems to be going nowhere. So just yeah. Anyway. Uh, Kyle Wilson, what's the worst thing about the best job you ever had? And what's the best thing at the worst job you ever had? Well, the worst thing about the best job I ever had is I got to work with Richard Cross every day. <laughs> There's no way around that one. What's the, uh, what's the best thing about the worst? The What's the worst thing about the best job you ever had? I consider this the best job I've ever had working in sports. The, the worst thing about it is... You know, a lot of times I'm working at nights and I don't get to see my family as much, mm-hmm. especially, you know, my daughter's been at daycare all day. My wife's been at work. And when they come in, I'm leaving. Yeah. Right now, it's great because I'm here basically all the time. But during uh, basketball and baseball season, about four nights a week, I'm gone at yeah. night. Yeah. And when they're you do I mean, the high like, school stuff, too, people need to. Read. Yes. And that's really that's really where that comes into play. When they pull in the driveway or when they're riding down the road, I usually meet them, and that's it's kind of sad. But um, you know, otherwise it's, it's a good job. Yeah. All right. Then what's the best thing about the worst job you ever had? The best thing about the worst job I, ever, I had a one week gig as a night security guard. It, it, it wasn't. I didn't get fired. They just needed me for one week, and they they and I worked. Uh, 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. every day. But the best thing about it was I could play my Sega Genesis and sleep if I needed to. 
So that you're basically playing into the stereotype that they put on these shows with this dude that's like sitting yes. at the screen, like all and the, and the oh, you know, I mean, people, it wasn't even like that, dude. This was the Salvation right Army thrift store. Like I could hear the rats in the back, I could hear them, <laughs> but I was and I and, and like so I'll tell you a funny story. So this thing was right across the street from the the Warren County Sheriff's Department. My uncle was the chief of investigations for the Warren County Sheriff's Department. So he told them, he was like, look, he's over there. So maybe every now and then send a cop, you know, just send a car through, make sure everything's okay. But if you see anybody coming and going, it's him. And so one night, some friends of mine decided to come by and they just hung out for a little while. Right. So they hang out and then they leave. And then I'm just sitting there. It's like two in the morning. I'm playing Sega Genesis. And I look up and there's a flashlight just like aiming in the window. So I get up, I start walking to him, I put my hands up in the air. And it's two cops. And I'm like, can I help y'all? And they were like, holy! And the guy had his hand on his gun. Oh my gosh. He was like, what are you doing in there? And I was like, I'm supposed to be in here making sure everything, I'm I'm supposed to be here. Like, if you call over the sheriff's department, they'll tell you I'm supposed to be here. So they called over, they are like, yeah, he's supposed to be there, all right." And he's like... The people break into there often? Well, no, I don't think so. But they just wanted to, until they had, like, I think the place didn't have an actual lock on the door or something like that. I don't remember. This has been, like, 30 years. I think the, they were just like, we just want to have somebody there until we can get all of our stuff squared away. Did you and have a gun? I did not. I had a, I had a, uh, a can of uh, mace. I had a little, little pepper spray. <laughs> they were just, I had my hands. Freeze! That's all I needed. You These had two weapons. Right here. I had two weapons right here. So nearly got shot though, because my, my 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 friends were like, they saw my friends pull in the parking lot, and somebody somebody called in and were like, "What's going on over there?" So, what what game were you playing on Second Genesis? Mortal Kombat Two. Nice. Yeah, and Madden. Madden like ninety two or ninety five. Something like that. Ninety four, ninety five. The one that it, it had John Madden on it. Oh yeah. Still had John Madden yeah, on the cover. Still had John Madden doing the comment. Boom! Yeah, still had that. Yeah. Still had Pat Summerall. What are you talking oh, about? Oh, man, I love that. Yeah. It brings back so many memories. There you go. Tim Monroe asked, if you had to live anywhere but Mississippi, where would it be? I mean, if I have the ways, the, the wherewithal, Las Vegas, I would live in the in the, the top suite of the Wynn Resort. Mine would be Nashville. There you go. But it wouldn't be, like, in the city. Like, it would be... On the outskirts, like in the woods somewhere, mm-hmm. but I want to be close to Nashville. Yeah, that's good. And job. I would love, I would, if, you know, if I was like a millionaire, mm-hmm. I would just, I, I would, I would go to concerts. I would go to Broadway like every night. Yeah, why not? Uh, Lewis Creekmore asks over under on Wednesday. Lamonis hires a pitching coach. Well, that's right now. As you're listening, I'm gonna say uh, over. I don't think he's gonna have anybody on Wednesday. Mm, I just don't know. I, I don't. I don't know when it's going to happen. To be honest with you. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Steve Mormon asked, since I was late for my question for airtime, I'll ask it again. Can you please answer the, as the American Dream? Or please, I got asked the question as the American Dream in remembrance of for his death's eighth anniversary. That was Sunday. The last uh, it was the eighth anniversary of the death of the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Uh, we'll. I don't know. I, he, maybe he wants you to try. Do you, do you, you feel confident in your American dream uh, impression? Well, maybe you can ask it and I can answer. 
That's what he's saying. You, that's what I'm saying. You have to do it as the American dream, though. The answer has to come from the American dream. No, I don't. I don't feel. I don't feel confident enough. Right. Well, then I will. I'll handle it. Then. Will Robbie be bringing the pimp chair on the catfish tour for the live podcast? The pimp chair stays in the house, Daddy. That's not for the public consumption, if you will. Right? That's for Robbie Falk to sit there and look like the king that he is. The American dream never sit in a pimp chair because I am not of that ilk. Only Robbie Falk is you that. Can't present. You can't present the common man. No, in a pimp. It's anything other than the common man. That's right. Exactly. Uh, let's see here. Jay in Baltimore. A lot of talk about non-human spacecraft and alien in the news this week. I'll take your word for that. What memorable extraterrestrial from movies or TV do you fear the most in real life? Which one do you believe is most likely to actually exist and make it to Earth? What I would fear the most is the alien. The, one, the alien or the predator. The predator would be a good one. I feel predators, like, predator can move like a, you know, super quick. Uh, not even, not no. even like a person. Like, but yeah. I mean, yeah, he, the, the aliens kind of like, you know, it's, it's in its own yeah, but it's area. Quick, though. It's quick, and it can, but it's it, got the little things that it flings at you. It's also in outer space. That's true, but it can land in, in, in on Earth. It could, but the one I, I mean, what's going to happen when we see aliens? I think they're going to be sort of similar to us. Because I, I just I don't feel like we're gonna get you know predators. I just don't feel like that's gonna happen. They're gonna be humanoid in their their. Uh, their you say they will look like humans. They might have some. They'll obviously be smarter because they'll have figured out light speed travel, and we haven't. But do you feel that they are closer to um, Kryptonians? Oh, okay. Or oh, or. Or just like a regular person, like do the, are well, they, they superhuman? Totally, they look like humans, but yeah, they were superhuman in our in our solar system. In their own solar system, they were just totally normal, right? So it could be it could be a situation like that. Interesting. Yeah, we'll see. I've heard I've heard accounts from people. I just listened to a, a, a podcast by Payne Lindsay, who's done Up and Vanished and uh, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's called High Strange. It's a he basically has gathered up these people that have had some kind of maybe not alien encounter, but an encounter with uh, unidentified flying object. Uh-huh. And they've talked about, you know, what they saw and stuff like that. We, we have very public proof of unidentified flying objects, things that don't make any sense. Um, uh, these things that look almost like tic tacs flying through the air, stopping on a dime, sitting—it mm-hmm. they don't make sense to us. Mm-hmm. They don't. It's not your typical flying object, right? And if you're interested in that stuff, I encourage you to listen to that because there's some really interesting things in there. So, but a couple of the accounts in there talk about the, you know, basically they were um, tested, by, probed, whatever you want to call it, right? By these people from another place, another right. planet of aliens. The visitors. And, so, you know, people talked about, you know, I guess that's where they get the whole thing of they have the squinty eyes and the big yeah. head and the skinny, because the according to the people that have apparently been abducted, mm-hmm. those, are, those are what they look, that's what they look like. But, of course, you know, it's just, it almost is like a dream state. Like, you see it, but then you wake up in your house or something, 
So it's it's kind of hard to verify. But mm-hmm. there is something out there that is not from around here mm-hmm. that is just hanging around. And for whatever reason, they continue to show up in, like, New Mexico. Yeah. They, 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 they love Los Pollos Hermanos. They do. Great chicken. I love fried chicken. Sometimes the old ways are the best. Hunter Bolware asks us, sorry for the track ho, track ho confusion. I ended up spelling it like yeah, I pronounce it. What are some words? I do that all the time. There you go. Well, there you go. What are some words or phrases you mispronounce regularly? Loyola. When I'm about Lo- Loyola. Lolo- I always say Loyola. <laughs> Bob will tell you all about it. Um, well, according say, to uh, Rob okay. Hathaway, I'm, I'm Reese's, terrible yeah. with the Reese's. Yeah. So there are two that I have learned recently I have been saying wrong for years. Uh, I always called them Dutch hounds, little little wiener dogs. They're Dotsons, right? Oh, Lord. I I say I have been saying Dutch hounds my whole life. (laughs) And then the state where our friend Mike Bonner is from, I say Massachusetts. That's that's evidently not correct. What is it? It's like Massachusetts. it's not Chusis. It's like Massachusetts. Or I, I can't pronounce. I can't even say it. I don't even know what it is. But according to people, some people that I know that are in the area of this location, mm-hmm. it is not Talladega. What is it? Alabama is Talladega. No, come on. That no, that's not, what I've been no, told. By, we're not. We're not doing that. These these people that have told me hey, this are Dale Earnhardt there. said Talladega. That's all I need to know, brother. That's that's how I've said it, but. There was a man that was my youth minister many years ago, and he was adamant. The name he of the was movie from is Talladega Nights. Yes, but you I'm know, not, I'm just telling you that there's, there's, there was this guy. He's from no. Anniston, Alabama. It's not that far down the road, and he no. said that we were saying it all wrong. It's no. actually Talladega. No, I'm not buying that. One second. Well, also, you're, you're pretty far away. Away, you're pretty far ways away from Talladega. He came from Vicksburg, which is closer to Louisiana than it is yeah. Alabama. It is, but still. What about uh, caramel and caramel? Caramel. Caramel corn. Caramel corn. There's another not A caramel. in there. It's people say caramel. There's another A in there. It's not if it was C A R M E L, like the city in California, that's caramel. There's another A. It's C A R A M E L. You got to pronounce that A. Pecan or pecan. People who say pecan, pecan is what you go to the bathroom in, all right? It's a pecan. <laughs> it's a pecan. People who say pecan, I don't like them. No, those are Yankees. Pecan. I want some pecan, pecan pie. pie. No, you want a pecan pie. All right. And you'll shut up and like it. Right. In our opinion, who should win the Golden Spikes this year? I say Skeens. I think Skeens, too. I mean... Dylan Cruz and any other. You don't other think it's year. Tommy White? You don't think Tommy White's the most valuable guy? Dylan Cruz and any other year, mm-hmm. but Skeens this year was kind of like, I mean, it was almost like generational stuff. Mm-hmm. And I know he lost a couple of games. It's going to be very difficult for somebody to come out there every single Friday night, mm-hmm. win a ball game. Yeah, it's just going to be tough. You're you're not going to be perfect. Yeah, but throwing a hundred miles an hour and it looking as effortlessly as it does, throwing a, a slider that is as hard as that one is, 
is really tough. And he was he was as good as a yes mm-hmm. this year. Um, so I mean, that would be my Golden Spikes guy. Okay. Alexandra Watson has a couple questions for us. If you were at the grocery store and you saw the customer who was ahead of you now standing in the parking lot with the buggy full of groceries looking lost, what would you do? I mean, I would assume they forgot where they parked their car. Well, what am I supposed to do? I, I, how, how am I helping them? Is there a story? I don't know. None that I'm aware of. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know where their car is, so I can't help them. I mean, I guess it'd be like, what kind of car do you drive? You know, and hopefully they say like a bright green Chevy pickup. Oh, it's right over there. Yeah, how would you miss that? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. So, uh, she also asked Brian, since you don't put your milk in the milk in your cereal, do you put it in a bowl? Do you eat it directly from the box, or do you put it in a Ziploc bag? All right, there is like a couple cereals I eat directly from the box, like a snack. Frosted mini wheats are one. I will eat those directly from the box, but for the most part, I just pour pour cereal in a bowl and eat it with a spoon. And uh, there's no milk. Mm. So. Okay. You got something to say about my eating habits? I've said enough. Said there, it. There's, nothing, really there's nothing I can say that hasn't been said before. Yeah, you're right. Why pile on at this point? I, I appreciate that. Sheldon Nations, what do you think of this quote? I don't know what weapons World War III will be fought with, but I know World War IV will be fought with sticks and stones. There's a lot to that. Because World War III is going to, you know, kill civilization when it finally happens. Do you remember WCW World War Three? Yeah, the three ring battle royal. I love that. That was great. They had like that was because they had so many guys on the payroll. They were like, we just need something to give everybody a payday. And then like they would have like they would wrestle like regular matches. Yeah. And like and the, one of the and rings yeah. and the other yeah. And the other three with the other two. But you would, would have just... a, you would have a battle royal where like Ric Flair and Arn Anderson were in the ring at the same time with like the biggest jobbers in the company. And they would have to move from like ring yeah. to ring or whatever. Yeah, yeah so they that would consolidate. So... They would consolidate it. Yeah. They, the the weird thing about it is they they just lumped all these people in the ring yeah. at once. It was like sixty people. And then just go. And then they would ring the bell and they would just start, you know, yeah. you'd see the big right, you'd see yeah. the giant up there just swinging his hand, hitting somebody yeah. in the head. All right, Shelby Beach asks us, what's your favorite quote from The Rock? I have a question for you, Shelby Beach, but Robbie, you're going to have to play the role of Shelby Beach. Does he mean the movie or the wrestler? I have, I, I'm go, I'm going to say the the wrestler because okay. I don't know any quotes from The Rock. I know the one movie. quote from The Rock that would, that would work, that I like, but okay, we'll go with The Wrestler. Uh, my favorite quote would be, so there was a time where Vin, where Mick Foley stole a briefcase or something of the rocks, right? That had $10,000 in it. And he was complaining to Vince that the, that mankind had stolen this this briefcase. He's like, "Vince, that briefcase had $10,000 in it. That's two new shirts for the rock." <laughs> it's just stuck with me through the years. That's a great quote. I missed yeah. the $5,000 shirt. Yeah, one of my favorites is whenever he was mocking, uh, like Kane. Yeah, my name is Kane. My name is Kane. And then did the one with the, um, well, it's the big slow. That's a good one. Talking yeah. about the big show. Yeah, yeah. But when he made fun of people, was the best. Yeah. He did uh, one he against Triple H, where he was like, "Big, big Daddy, Big Daddy, Cool Diesel." Yeah. <laughs> He's like Triple H up there whining and crying like a baby. <laughs> I should be the number one contender. I'm not the number one contender. It just stuck with me. 
But two new shirts the, for the rock is my all-time favorite. And the one on SNL was like, oh, Triple H. I knew I smelled dried danger from monkey turds. And monkey turds? <laughs> it comes up with that stuff. That's good stuff. What is your favorite Ric Flair quote, and why is it, ladies, none of you can be first, but any any of you can be next? That is a elite Ric Flair quote. Yes. Um, if I had to pick a couple, there's, there's one that goes, when you live in a glass house and your name is Ric Flair... You can do anything any day of your life that you want to. Uh, I would go with, um, I got more cars than most of you got friends. That's a great one. And, you like the uh, one about I spilt, I spent more oh, money on spilt liquor that, than you yeah, did yeah, last year. I was getting to that. Yeah. Like last year, I spent more money on spilt liquor and bars from one end of this world to the other than you made. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. But that being first, ladies, none of you can be first, but any, but all of you can be next. Is, yes, is the the elite. And then the space, him coming up with Space Mountain, Space Mountain, was yeah, the longest line, genius. oldest ride, but it's still got the longest line. Yeah, uh, well, we we talk about that now. Like, I mean, that's what I always think about. Like people that do this these quotes or catchphrases, somebody had to think of that. Yeah, you know, like the the. The quotes and the, it, it's flair, but, but, but I'm saying like it's we yeah. we repeat it so often now it's not that yeah. big of a deal. But for him to come up with that, like where yeah. does he get that? Where do you get Space Mountain from? I don't know, but it's it was absolutely brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. So, uh, last one from uh, Shelby Beach. What is a state thirty for thirty style dock? You'll like to see one day. I want to know what happened. The hell happened to the uh, in the 2018 Auburn game with the offense and why it never happened again. There would be a, several great titles for a Joe Mo era documentary. Point the finger, pound sand, Bob from Bogachita. First off, if if we're gonna do a Joe Mo- Moorhead documentary, it's it, it, the name of the, the documentary is "What's Your Ring Size." Yes, uh, that's a great question because State was unstoppable offensively in that game, and then it was and anything like that ever again. He did that, like out of spite. I've always heard because everybody was complaining. Everybody was complaining about they're not running. He was like, "Okay, I'm I'm just going to run the football fifty times." And it was and super he did, successful. and he worked. And then the next week, he changed it back to what back. he was doing. Yeah, exactly. so he did. It was kind of like that time whenever Kobe got mad and everybody yeah. saying he he all he does is score. So never he thought, had like twenty assists. Never thought, never thought we'd make a Kobe Joe Moorhead comparison on this show. Never thought that yes. would. Happen, but here we are. Cameron Worm asks, why does Richard Cross admit to crimes he has committed live on the air during Sports Talk Mississippi? I don't know. Does it all the time, though. Committed arson, fraud. Really? Yeah, just all sorts of things. What what are the what's the stories? Well, I mean, then one time he tried to like he had a barn and he was tearing it down. He had one of those dumpsters full, you know, that you when you're breaking down a building, they just put the, the materials in. And he decided he just wanted to try to catch it. He thought if he lit it on fire, it would just, you know, don't have to throw it out. And so he started a legit dumpster fire, and they had to call the uh, start the Oxford Fire Department out there to to keep him from burning down his house, basically. Is that really arson? I'm calling it arson. It's a crime? Sure, why not? Wasn't he going to destroy the barn anyway? Why don't we just and- get Richard Cross arrested? Why don't we just go with that? <laughs> Uh, my, my salary would probably go up. But let's, why don't we just, just make it work, Robbie? I'm just trying to be fair. Robbie, just, just no, 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 no. Let's just let's go with it. It's okay. 
Okay. Uh, also from Cameron, how similar is the L, the live PGA merger to a hypical MSU Ole Miss consolidation? I don't think anybody from Ole Miss has had anybody beheaded. I mean, I know they've done some terrible things, but I don't think people have actually died at the hand at the hands of the Ole Miss Chancellor, to my knowledge. Um, but it would be pretty close. I mean, you talk about two groups of people that supposedly don't like each other, but then I mean, basically, imagine if an MSU booster told the Ole Miss Chancellor, like, here's a here's $1.5 billion that you can have if we just consolidate these two universities. They're going to make it happen. I've always wanted that to happen, to be honest with you. That'd be much better. One, one major university in the state, mm-hmm. in the SEC, mm-hmm. I, I think that immediately shoots Mississippi State towards the top of the conference. Well, I mean, that's the problem. Or whatever it would be called. It would be called the University of Mississippi at that point. Yeah, that's going to hurt a lot of feelings. Either way, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt some feelings. And but where you know where it's going to be, it would be the, the 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 compromise would be it's the University of Mississippi, but it's not Ole Miss. Right. That's I mean, Ole Miss is done. It's over. Well, it's, what if it's the University of Mississippi in Starkville? It's right. in, that the campus is in Starkville. That's another thing that I feel like they'd have to build a whole new campus because now we're talking about. Close to 40,000 students, right? I mean, would it be in Jackson? Tupelo. Would it be in the capital? It would be in Tupelo. Tupelo is where okay. I would put it. Tupelo, yeah, Tupelo is where I would put it. I mean, and you're going to have to build a brand new football stadium that holds 75, 80, maybe a 90,000 foot seat football stadium. Well, everybody being on the same page at that would point, it would, it would help. It would be a monster. Yeah. Uh, hold on one second here. That there. All right. Back up here. We're, we're, we're moving along. Um, the Pine Dog, if Arnett wins nine games this season, do you think an extension comes after? If so, for how long? Well, I mean, it can't be more than four years, so they would just extend him a year. Yeah, but I think that it, uh, as far as the length of it, yeah, but I think he would get a pretty good – I mean, he would go from – But, yeah, you can't – you, you cannot get a contract beyond four right. years. I mean, Ole Miss uh, is doing that weird thing right now, but I don't think State wants any part of that. So, no. years, I mean, what do they give them? They bump them up to four? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy, the contract that Ole Miss did there for Kiffin. I mean, that was kind of like a freak out. For them to go seven and five this year, too. Yeah. And, like, when they did it, like, I don't think a ton of people were really happy either. It's like, uh, we we had to do it, but. Yeah. All right. Last question. We have never had a question this long before. It took three tweets to get us this question. Here we go. From Joseph Dudgeon. Y'all I don't even see this question. Uh, he just asked me. So, oh, okay. Y'all may prefer to talk about this when you break down Kentucky later this summer. However, I wanted y'all's take on our back and forth with them the past seven years. I think Stoops is great for them, but they stick out as the only team on our schedule that support my intuition. We had 13 penalties there last year with a season average of 6.7 per game. I went through the past seven years, and there's always a spike in penalties at Kentucky. Do they use penalties to kill our momentum and win a perceived perceived winnable mid-tier SEC game? I think it's a little too coincidental, but maybe I'm paranoid. What do y'all think, and will we ever see that game the same again? Sorry for the length. That's very, very paranoid. I mean, last year there were a bunch of penalties. Moorhead's year in Kentucky, there were a ton of penalties. I mean, State just plays undisciplined up there for whatever reason. I don't think – I mean, if you're asking me, do I think the SEC refs are helping Kentucky? No, I, I don't I don't buy that. For I don't remember very many times where it was like it was 
It seemed real sketchy. I think well, like, most of the penalties were Yeah, last year, earned. I, State just played poorly in that game. I mean, start to finish yeah. on both sides of the ball. The Morehead game, which stands out, they had 16 penalties in that game. They committed those penalties. I mean, they well, a lot of them were the like line. false starts. Yeah. And and I will say this. I do think Kentucky simulates snap counts a lot when they Mississippi might. State. They might. They did, they did it. Uh, players were complaining about it, have been complaining about it the last couple of years. Mike Leach made mention of it. You could see, like, some heads moving down there, like mm-hmm. they were calling out the snap count, whatever. I think that they – I think that's been kind of their M.O., mm-hmm. but – You've got to be able to adjust to that. I think State did do that in 2021. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, they don't play very disciplined there for sure. Yeah. I mean, last year, that, remember, like, that, Colin Duncan slapped the dude, the yeah. offensive lineman on the head or whatever, and he fell down. Like, And Kentucky is an underrated hard environment. Like, people yeah. think it's Kentucky, but, like, that stadium, when it gets loud, it, it gets loud. So, no, it does. There you go. All right. Long show today. A lot of great questions. Thanks for that. Uh, tomorrow's show, uh, we'll have an opponent preview. We're going to be talking about USM with Luke Johnson from the Eagle Hour. Uh, so we'll talk about the, we'll, And Robbie and I will give you our thoughts on what we expect when Mississippi State takes on the Golden Eagles. Uh, we'll see what happens pitching coach-wise. We'll see what happens recruiting-wise and, and a few other things as well. Talk to you guys again tomorrow. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk. Time to play the game! A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.